Hello, I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're A, a Couple, couple of, of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. What are we talking about today, Alex? Today we are going to be making a thirsty sore lesbian. Yeah, might be a bit sexy. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't have to be, but it could nope. be. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this is a system I've been meaning to read about for a while, especially since we backed their Kickstarter campaign. But first, it's time for Random Encounter. This is a segment. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to briefly talk about characters we've encountered outside of RPGs, like in TV, movies, books, etc. Alex. Do you have a character for us today? Yeah, and that noise was a spaceship because we're going to be talking about Murderbot. Whoa! So Murderbot is the main character of a series of novellas written by Martha Wells. The first one is called All Systems Red, and the series is called Murderbot. But basically Murderbot is a security droid or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't remember. It's been a while since I read this. But anyway, he's a security, or sorry, it is a security droid, and it's, like, built to kill people and protect them on their missions. Mm-hmm. And he's hacked his governor module. They've hacked which, their... Yes, sorry. Or it's hacked, it's... Yeah. It uses it, right? I th- believe it uses it. So it hacked its governor, governor module, and now Murderbot, like, can do whatever they want. They don't have to listen to the orders and stuff. But what they want to do is just, like, watch soap operas. And so what they'll do is they keep doing their job, but they're just, like, you know, they're spending, like, 20% on their job until they need to amp up the, like, how much they're paying attention. And the other 80% on their soaps, you know. Perfect. But it's a lot of fun. It's There is a lot of violence, so we'll Mm -hmm. just warn you of that. Because, you know, they are a murder bot. They're... Which is the name they give themselves? Itself? Yeah. It's the name so Murderbot, it gives itself. Yeah. But that is Murderbot, and it is a lot of fun. It's a fun novella. It's short, you know, quick read. So it's easy to get into, and then you get the plot, and you are done before nice. you know it. And then nice. you want more. And luckily, there's like six more right now. Yeah. What character did you bring us? So today I've brought a character from the book Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Mm, so, I've read such a book. Yes. I loved so many of the characters, so I had a really hard time choosing just one. But I finally settled on Thimble. He is a rat folk person who works as a baker at a coffee shop run by an orc barbarian who retired from adventuring. And he's always coming up with new and exciting baked goods to accompany the coffee. He doesn't talk a lot and is obsessed with coffee. And it's just so stinking cute. I just wanted to scoop up this little guy and hug him. Yeah. And yeah, if you if you want some cozy fantasy and want to be immersed in a D&D world, I highly recommend Legends and Lattes, especially the audiobook, which is read by the author. And he narrates audiobooks for a living, so it's it's a pretty good audiobook. Yeah. And I, I actually was told by our friend Jay that um, he said that like the way that, that Travis edited the book was he just started doing the audiobook narration and then would change it as he went. Mm. Yeah. I was like, that's a pretty good method. If that's your medium for books, you know, yeah. you would be pretty good at about noticing things. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me about Thirsty Sword Lesbians. What is this game? I would love to, but I wanted to make we want to make a quick announcement before we do that oh that's right yeah so it's time for it's time for a random announcement it's time for a random announcement <laughs> about the direction of our show mm-hmm. so in light of wizards of the coast recent statements regarding the open game license and knowing the importance of the ogl for smaller publishers in the tabletop rpg community we're going to be focusing less on dungeons and dragons so we'll be bringing more new games to the show but also making a lot of characters that are system agnostic so, like, we'll flesh out some details and talk about how, the, like, you can fit them into whichever RPG you decide to play. And then um, we'd love to hear your suggestions for, you know, other games that we could try because we have some that we're bringing. Obviously, like, today we're bringing one. We've got a couple more in the pipeline. Um, but we'd love to teach you all how to make a character in a game that you actually want to play. Yeah, and like you said, the our. Andrew suggested to me the idea of, like, maybe you could just be system agnostic and say 
we're going to make a mage that you know has this background and then we make them and you can slot them into several types of games whether it be D&D Pathfinder you know some or some of these other ones we've tried like soul shards or whatever yeah you know but I think for now we're gonna you know step back and see what happens and then we'll possibly do D&D more in the future and we're not saying we'll never do it we're just saying we're gonna focus less on it yeah mm-hmm all right, now can I finally learn about these thirsty lesbians that have swords? Yes, yes, you can. Or maybe they're, they are swords. Are they swords that can think and that are interested in other swords that can think in a sexual manner as if they were thirsty? Well. We'll have to find out. <laughs> I don't think it was intended that way, but I think that, one, you could definitely play a character that way. And two... As a, as a, a sword. Yes. Okay. I'll tell you why. I think that they give you a framework that you could come up with some content yourself where you were a Playing sentient sword. sword. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Thirsty Sword Lesbians, or TSL, is a narrative-focused RPG which emphasizes telling melodramatic and queer stories. It's a game of queer action romance that celebrates queer love and power. And it was developed by April Kit Walsh and produced, not produced, and published by Evil Hat Productions. That's pretty much produced. Yes. <laughs> it is pretty much produced, but that wasn't the word I was trying to say. Anyways, um, a fun fact about this game is it was the first tabletop game to win a Nebula Award. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, so TSL is based on Powered by the Apocalypse, which is like... A sort of, like, blanket umbrella term of games. Um, So, Powered by the Apocalypse, the the characters each have moves that they can perform, and there's, like, a default list that each character can use. And then in most games using, like, that type of system, the playbooks, which you can kind of think of, like, classes in D&D, have special moves that the characters can perform as well. It's like if you happen to be one that is like a magic user type thing that you could do something that like, I want to investigate the arcane or whatever, for example. Yeah. Um, And then you, the moves are resolved by rolling 2d6. So you just have two six-sided dice and then you um, roll those and add a relevant stat or modifier depending on if the game uses those. You know, like RPGs. Yes, yes. (laughs) Or tabletop RPGs. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... Powered by the Apocalypse has an interesting mechanic where they have a possibility for mixed successes. It's like if you get a 10 or more, you succeed. Mm -hmm. If you get a 7 through 9, you have a partial success, which means like you do what you wanted to do, but like there's some sort of consequence that happens. Yeah, or drawback. Yeah. Like you open the door with your lockpick, but. But now the people inside know how you're here. Or you brought the lock, so now you can't relock it. Or yeah, yeah. And then a six or less is a failure, and then the GM gets to make a move in response, like that will affect the the characters. So if you've listened to our Blades in the Dark episode, which I mean you should check out if you haven't yet, you'll be familiar with that kind of basic framework because yeah, with the mixed success. Well, yeah, Blades was based off of Powered by the Apocalypse. It was just altered more. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um, but then back to TSL. So Walsh, the developer, was inspired by RPGs like The Watch, Monster Hearts, and Masks, since those all have mechanics that involve feelings. Mm-hmm. And the focus of TSL is the narrative and forming relationships, which can be sexual or you know purely platonic if you want. Um, and I, I enjoy that the GM is called the Game Master. Oh, that's very good. It's very good. And then... Another thing that's really great about it is there's a huge section on safety tools to make sure everyone playing is comfortable, including a new tool called the palette, which is a way for everyone to say what kind of elements they want to include and exclude from the game. So it's like... So it doesn't have to be romantic or sexual. Yeah. But it can be. Yeah. So everyone can say, I don't, like, I'm cool with some kissing, but I don't want to do anything beyond that. Like, that could be in your palette. And it's like you come together as a group and make these decisions about your game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then they also have a chapter about helping your group decide the setting for the game, whether that's like a far off galaxy, a coffee shop at the border of two worlds, a neon lit city that never sees the sun, or a world where sex work has been legalized and it's considered a sacred profession, the possibilities are endless. They give you a bunch of examples and kind of show you how you can come up with other things. Um, nearly to the end of my little brief spiel about this, um, the base game has nine queer-coded character archetypes or, or playbooks is what they're called. Beast, Chosen, Devoted, Infamous, Nature Witch, Scoundrel, Seeker, Spooky Witch, and Trickster. And then... Um, I like the sound of this because there was two witches. Yeah. So, like, the main thing when you're choosing a playbook is to look at what the central conflict that entails. So I'm going to read each central conflict. The Beast. Living their truth versus fitting in with a dominant social order. The Chosen. Inner truth versus crushing social expectations. Devoted pitting their devotion to a person or cause against self-care, infamous, the lasting consequences of their wic- their past wicked actions and beliefs versus their new righteous convictions, nature witch, the growth that their social explorations will require from them and those who love them, scoundrel, their urge to explore new horizons versus committing to purpose or security, seeker, Tradition and upbringing against justice and developing their personal values. Spooky Witch, navigating pressures to conform versus their own desires or those of their monstrous friends. And Trickster, desiring closeness while fearing vulnerability. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and then. What were those? The, those were the, like, the central conflicts okay. for the playbooks. Gotcha. Um, and then the characters have five main stats daring, grace, heart, wit, and spirit. These describe the character's talents and determine which approaches to problems are more likely to result in upbeats or, like, positive or, like, more likely to be a positive outcome for the character. Um, And I can give a brief description of each of these stats if you'd like. Sure. Okay. So, daring is your skill at arms and forcefulness, both in terms of muscle and personality. Grace is your elegance, poise, and agility. Heart is your emotional awareness and expression. Wit is cleverness and knowledge. And spirit is metaphysical power and integrity. And then there's different kinds of moves like danger, heart, string, recovery, and special moves. And then there are moves everyone has access to, like I said, and then playbook-specific ones. And then, like we said before... When you make a move, you roll 2d6 and then add a stat and then... What do you mean by make a move? Do you mean like make a skill check kind of? Yeah, it's like making a skill check. There's like okay. different things that it might be like a skill check or like, I want to do this thing. And okay. then this is what you do to do that thing. Like I said, like I want to investigate the paranormal or whatever. Like that's how they have it listed. It's 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 the actions your character takes. That's what a move is. Um, Every move you make. Yeah. It will, it'll result in a beat. So. Um, Every beat you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so instead of like calling it success, mixed success or partial success or a fail, um, or a miss, I mean, that's what Power by the Apocalypse calls it, um, these, these are more describe the narrative tone that it takes. Like, your actions will always result in some sort of interesting narrative thing. It just depends on how that, like, might affect the characters. It's so, like, upbeat is the 10 or plus on your roll. And then, like, you generally get what you wanted to do without serious complications. A mixed beat, which is seven through nine, like you generally accomplish your aim, but at a cost or with a complication. And then a downbeat is six or less. And then the GM makes a move, which generally results in some sort of unexpected complication. And then the character, the PC, also gains experience. So like that's how you like advance your character in this game, empowered by the apocalypse style games, is like when bad things happen, like, your character will learn something 
and like grow from that is yeah, kind of the idea. Yeah, they learn from their mistakes. Yeah, from their what did I say? <laughs> mistakes are fertile ground for learning. That's what my one of my professors in college told me. Beautiful. Maybe he played TTRPGs that were powered by the apocalypse. Maybe, systems. maybe not. Why not? Let's live in the world in which he did. Okay. And then something, like, if something unfortunate happens to a character as the result. What do you mean by unfortunate? Like. Death. I wasn't, no, not that. Just, like, you. Lost all their money and possessions that burned up in a fire. Like, you were trying to maybe trick someone and they saw through your trick. Mm-hmm. Now you aren't going to be able to do that again, maybe. And you can suffer a condition, like maybe embarrassment. Yeah. And then, like, and then that you're will... you're just embarrassed for a while. It'll, it'll result in some sort of something that will affect your future die rolls, whether that's, like, subtracting something or, I don't know, yeah, potentially yeah, yeah. not letting, whatever. We'll but then you'll have to... Find some form of, like, a source of emotional closeness to cure that. Or that condition will persist. Yeah, gotcha. And then another unique mechanic of the game is a thing called narrative strings, which represent emotional influence that you can have over another person. So it could be the affection for a friend or lover or even blackmail blackmail material. And they can be spent as a move to influence other characters. So that's just like another fun mechanic that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we make this lesbian already or what? I Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the basics of the game. Okay. I wanted to go through and give everyone just like, this is how the game works. Mm-hmm. There, there are way more details I could have gone into, but I'm no, not going to because no. that's not we, what this is for. We did plenty. That was plenty of details, maybe more than I wanted. Um, let's go ahead and we have to decide a setting because it did say that as a team, TSL, you, you would have some sort of setting that you agree with the group. Okay, so what kind of setting sounds good to you? We can also go from one of their examples in the book if you would like. I feel like we have done a lot of fantasy Maybe we should do, like, a cyberpunk or a space type thing. Okay. Are those different? Not that different. Not necessarily. Or we could steampunk. You know, we got... all. There's many types of punk that we can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 90s punk, steampunk, cyberpunk. Now, my problem with the whole punk thing is, like, I'm not entirely necessarily sure what all of those are. Marky punk? Mm-hmm. Chunky punk? Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of these are things besides the first three. Yeah. Anyway, but, well, what do you want to know about cyberpunk or... What is cyberpunk? I don't really understand what cyberpunk is. I think... I know what steampunk is. Okay, cyberpunk is, like technology is now like it's it's super advanced technology basically. Can you give me an example in the genre? I'm trying to think of one. Because I'm not that into cyberpunk. I would say Cinder is kind of close to cyberpunk. Like think about all the technology they have and stuff. Or like you can like point a little wand at someone and heal them. I don't know. We need Let's do a quick Google on cyberpunk Cyberpunk. movies. Blade Runner. Okay. Ready Player One. Okay. Yeah. The Matrix. Okay. Now you're Tron. Robocop. Okay. Now I understand what cyberpunk is. Technology is super advanced and people use it very prevalently. And usually people get like body mods of like, you know, cybernetic arms or, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. Okay. Whereas steampunk is kind of like, you know, steam-powered everything. Steampunk is usually like, hey, we go from like like Victorian times and instead of having like, like you said, like technology like we have today, everything is steam-powered and it's 
A lot of trains. Yeah. A lot of trains. <laughs> yes. So, you want to have a space opera? That's or... That could be different than cyberpunk, though. You want a cyberpunk? Yeah. Okay. Because think about space opera is like Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is like they're technologically advanced in some ways, but also that was in the 70s, so there's still some gaps. Yeah. I was thinking like Cinder, though. Okay. Like, th- Cinder seems like cyberpunk-esque to me. Cinder is the first pick of the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. Yeah. And Cinder has a robotic arm and a robotic foot. And that, you know, is not that unusual in that world. Yeah. And they have robots and stuff. Like, that's what cyberpunk is to me. Okay. That's a cyberpunk to me. That's cyberpunk to me. Um, Put your arm around the robot. Okay, so we have our setting... And then we have to choose a playbook. I think we just roll a D10. Oh, there isn't one that, like, you really I can never wanted. choose. Oh. You don't want me to choose. I just chose the setting. Did you want one? You didn't want to be a spooky witch? Of course I wanted to be a spooky witch, but <laughs> I'm willing to roll and randomly choose one. Okay. You don't want to be a beast? Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I would choose. See, but. that's why we have to roll. All right. I'm going to roll. I got a five. Nature witch. Okay. So I accept this. <laughs> the, um, the thing with this is that they're saying that, like, you're really comfortable with nature and you've spent a lot of time, like, kind of isolating yourself and spending time in nature. And now you're trying to... And now you've... Become you've, more social. Now you've turned around and realized that you're in a cyberpunk setting and you're like, oh, crap. Um, guys. Yes. I'm picturing, like, Central Park in New York City is, like, where this witch was. And then, okay. like, they they extend the the boundaries of, like, their little witch land. And they're like, oh, there's a lot more going on out here. So, spoiler alert for this movie that I'm about to do, The Village, talk about. Oh, yeah. It's kind bit. of like that, where, like, you come out and at the end you're like, wait a second, I was in New York City the whole time? Yeah. Or something like that, or whatever. I think that actually is a good reference for what I was thinking. Okay. So they had been living in Central Park, which was maybe like has become like a nature reserve, Mm -hmm. but they didn't realize that. Yeah. And they like reach the end of the boundaries one day, and and then they find out that like, whoa. Yeah, because what did you say? We're in a major city. What did you say their major conflict is? Um, They're. The growth that their social explorations will require from them and those who love them. So, like, what... Let me... I can read the little blurb. The nature witch is deeply connected to their environment and less experienced when it comes to people. They're either new to socializing or are newly exploring what it feels like to socialize as their true self. Their central conflict resolves, revolves around the growth that their explorations will require from them and those who love them. So I'm feeling like this nature witch, right? They're being raised in Central Park by their parent or parents. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I was thinking one parent. Because the parent, like, is they get old and they're sick and they're, like, on their deathbed. And they're, like, trying to tell them, like... There's more out there. Yeah, I forgot. I never had the chance to tell you. Follow this path or whatever yeah, and like, like a they forbidden like forbidden path that they were never allowed to go down yeah they marked each tree like with something i don't know whatever and now they're yeah. like all right you're you're older now you're old enough follow you can go past the orange yeah. marked trees yeah yeah so they've always lived within the bounds of like some little you know arbitrary line that their caregiver that's yeah. the word yeah. guardian yeah um marked for them and now they're like the guardian passes away and is like, "Hey, go check out the world, kind of, because I've maybe been isolating you a little too much. I thought I had more time." Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And then they go out, and like you said, they're like gonna be awkward with people. They haven't had many interactions mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. other people, 
and now, you know, they're out in the cyberpunk world, and they're like, what is all this technology? Yeah. Okay, so then we've got to, like, say what their, like, archetype is. And here are some examples that they have listed. Oblivious horse girl. Beacon of kindness. Plant geek baby gay. Now, I will say another thing that they have is, like, a glossary, I think, of terms. Because some things, I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know what a baby, baby gay. So I don't know what a baby right. gay is. I assume it's someone that's recently like exploring their sexuality, but oh, I could be wrong. Maybe we can check. I guess we should note that we are not queer, or you know, in this LGBTQ plus community. So we're just we're doing our best here. Mm-hmm. You agree? I completely agree that we're just trying to do. So when we get things wrong, I'm sure we will. We are sorry, and we're trying to not. <laughs> That's why when I guess what a baby gay is, I would like Quinn to actually look it up. All right, it doesn't say in in here. Let me so ask Siri because it'll be funny if if Siri has an answer. Hey Siri, what's a baby gay? Okay, someone who has just come out of the closet recently, one to two years. And also won't stop talking about being gay, potentially. Oh, is that what it says? <laughs> That's the second part on Urban Dictionary. But okay, okay, now, all right, you were right on what a baby gay is. Now we know. So, I mean, this witch that we're making, this nature witch, I almost said spooky witch, but I would have been wrong. Yeah. They are... Like the, like I said, I feel like they've just been isolated just growing up with their caregiver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they don't really have an interact with many people, so they don't really have an idea what their sexuality is. But then they see some hot ladies or whatever they're into. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's what I might do. Mm-hmm. Because we should roll for a gender identity so we can decide... Yes, so we can choose, yeah, their their gender identity, their pronouns. Yeah. And we'll note that um, sometimes, like, we, like, if we say, like, they identify as a man or a woman, um, or they're non-binary, and you're like, but what about people who are trans? They can identify in any of those categories. They could identify as non-binary, or they could be like, I am trans, but also a woman. And guess what? That means you're still a woman. Yeah. Yeah, when we pick the gender identity of woman, we're not saying that they're, you know... They don't have to be cis. Yeah, that's the word I couldn't think of. Yeah. Thanks, Gwen. I got a one. I don't remember what any of the things were. Yours, no. Um, What you're all on That is... Uh, a man so we can say that they are we will explicitly state that they are trans and a man alright okay so we got a a man and he has left the central park area or whatever I was just using central park as like you know kind of a large city surrounding a foresty place but anyway, he leaves and he's like, oh, look at all these hot guys. I'm into that. And I'm going to tell people about it because I'm a baby gay. <laughs> I guess we didn't actually pick this archetype. but I Yeah, think we didn't plant pick it. Nerd baby gay sounded good to me. <laughs> Was that one or did I put two together? Um... I think you kind of put two together, but it also does Was Plant Nerd Baby Gay not one? You, the way you said it, it's not like one to me. The plant one was... Um, so the, the Plant Geek Baby Gay was one Okay, archetype. good. That's what I would like to be. Okay. That's, that's the archetype I would like to choose. I know you didn't read them all, but I've chosen. I read the three that they had listed for the Nature Oh, Watch. excellent. We're good. Okay, so he is very, like, he's awkward with people, and he's trying to 
learn how to like interact with other people because also like he has just been with his parent pretty much his whole life and is like wait a second I like now that my parent guardian whoever whoever raised me is dead I still would like to have you know relationships with other people but I don't really know how to do that yeah I think his name is Tad. Tad? T-A-D. All right. Because why not? And I'm picturing, like, he's got, like, a little bit of stubble, but he can't really grow that much facial hair. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit embarrassed about it. And then he has, like, some beautiful, long, blonde hair. Okay. So, his idea... The only problem with that is, like, it comes off as a little bit of, like, toxicity of the, like, what an idea of masculinity is that you need to That's a good point. All right. Grow. We don't have to picture him that, like that. He doesn't have to be embarrassed by it. Oh, okay. Like, he can look like that, just doesn't have to. Yeah. Long blonde hair. A bit of stubble. On face. Is he? Okay, here's my next question. Is Tad missing some sort of, like, an arm or a leg or something so that we can get him a cyberpunk body mod? Okay. Or an eye or something, Okay. You know? Like, something cool. Um. I'm not saying that you would okay, okay. have to if you weren't. Like, I'm not saying you need to if you're missing a limb or something. I'm just saying cyberpunk, often you people get body mod things. So maybe once he goes out and is like, oh, this is pretty cool. Oh, maybe you could just get, like, a plant body mod. He's like, somehow I'm going to make... Maybe that's his goal. I need to make a plant body mod so I can have a Merle arm, like, from the Adventure Zone. Yeah. Um, A Merle plant arm. (laughs) Maybe... Yeah, like, he has, let's say he's missing a hand. Okay. And he goes out into the world, and he's fine that he doesn't have a hand, but he, like, sees this technology and is like, that's kind of cool, but that isn't, like... It doesn't really fit me. Right. So, like, he's fine that he only has one hand, but he's like, how can I figure out how to... I feel like he was born without his hand. Okay. Yeah. So he's been, like... You know, he's had this his whole life. He's adapted. He's fine. But now he's like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to have, like, a plant hand or something with my nature powers. Yes. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, then we've got to fill out, like, some stuff about Tad, like, abilities. We've already, we've defined his look some. And his name and pronouns. So let's let's go back to the playbook. Is it he him is what you want to go with? Yes. Okay. So I don't know what trials are. Um, those are places in which people will be accused of a crime and then they go mm. for a trial and then a jury of their peers will decide the outcome. Of whether or not they're guilty. Of course. Those are what trials are, Gwen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you meant in reference to the game. I did, I but no you know clue. what? You nailed exactly what that is, too. I know. I was just, That was just me being sarcastic. Was I know what a trial is. you just being a is. goof. Just a goof. I knew you meant a game mechanic. Just... Just skip it for now. Index? No, I want to know what... I want to know what a trial is. Okay, so for your curiosity, dealing with people feels new to you and you might be awkward, but you want to learn. What better way to learn than by doing? Choose four trials from the list. When you complete one, um, cross it out and choose to either mark an XP, clear condition, or take a string, um, a heart string on someone involved. Okay. When they're all fulfilled, reflect on what you've learned about yourself and pick four more. 
If you complete the entire list, choose the ones that meant the most to you and then evolve into a new form of life inspired by those experiences. Adopt a new playbook, remain a nature witch, or retire to live happily ever after. Okay. Okay. So, the options. There are a lot of them. Do you want me to read through them all? Um, I think just say some that you'd like because we have to pick four. And Ride a fantastical creature. Okay. You'd think that's one? One of the trials that Tad. I I that was one that stuck out to me. That was fun, yep, and I wanted to read it. it. You said read some. Yep, I've chosen it. That one's on the list of four. I won't immediately pick all of them, but that one sounds good. Now, is a robot a fantastical creature? That's up to Tad. You okay. Know, that's up to the player as they're playing. They would decide that I think because it sounded like the trials are kind of personal. You know, as you grow as Tad. Mm -hmm. So, I would say that's up to the the player, but I would say probably. Okay. Trust someone with your secrets only to be betrayed. Now, that would be very challenging because, like, Tad, he opens up finally and then he's betrayed, and that would be really hard for him. Mm -hmm. So, I like that one. Okay. Liberate something dangerous. And then potentially ride that mythical creature you've released onto the world. It was a bipedal Venus flytrap. Ooh, wow. Mm -hmm. Very dangerous. I think Tad would free that. I I think so, too. Because he's like, it's just nature, man. It's not hurting anyone. I mean, okay, yes, it is hurting people, but it's just part of its nature. It's not trying to do it. It's not malevolent. We just need to set her free. And then I think befriend someone very different from you. Okay. I think it's good to have one that's like, should be pretty easy to accomplish that one when we're dealing with a nature witch that is all about plants in a cyberpunk world. Mm -hmm. I imagine many people are different from Tad. Oh, and then um, one thing that they have are like the demeanor, innocent, wise sad or you can invent something um i think he's pretty innocent because he's been sheltered yeah 100 percent agree and then what kind of clothes does he wear modest rough simple etc what do you think i think his belt is a rope okay so what does that tell you kind of like rough like he, he makes his own clothes but he doesn't like like, they're very practical. They aren't yeah. focused on beauty. But they're, like, good. They're, like, they're, they're well, well made. They're well made. And they're the right fit. It's just not what fancy people would wear. But he's like, why would I need fancy? I'm just going to go work in the garden. Yeah, they're just going to get dirty. Yeah. And I have to spend all that time cleaning them. And who has the time? Yeah. I could be looking at plants. All right. And then... They have examples of swords. Oh, I see. They don't have to have a sword, but we can give them a sword. I think Dad A wooden sword, sword, a harmless sword, an <laughs> elemental sword. Ooh, elemental sword. What could that be? Um, I feel like if it's like... I feel like Ted starts with like a wooden sword. Mm-hmm. That sucks. But then early on... He finds, like, a cool, like, fire sword or something mm-hmm. in the cyberpunk world. I'm trying to think, like, a lightsaber, basically, yeah. but not a lightsaber. Finds a fire sword. Yeah. Parentheses. Lightsaber? Lightsaber, question mark? Yeah. That sounds good. He's like, I've been practicing with this wooden one for so long. I'm yeah. pretty good. All right. Then we get those stats. Yeah, we need to figure out his heart and daring, all these things. How do we do such a thing, Quinn? So they list starting stats for all of the um, the playbooks. There's two options that you can go with. So you choose one of the columns, and then we take those numbers and we add one to two different things. So if okay. we wanted to like boost gotcha, his heart gotcha. and his spirit, we add one to each of those. So he is either plus zero daring and grace, plus one heart and spirit, 
and minus one wit, or minus one daring, plus one grace and spirit, and plus zero heart and wit. So what do we think like his essence is? I feel like he's less daring. I also feel like he's less daring. So we want to go with the one that has the minus one. Yeah. Minus one daring, plus one grace, plus zero heart and wit, and plus one spirit. So what do we think he's like better at? I feel like probably wit because he's like, like heart I feel like is more like the emotional connection and he's not gonna be yeah. as good as that at that. So I feel like a plus one to wit. Yeah. I was also, I like grace because he's learned to like, you know, succeed with one hand. He's found some tricks and so his hands are probably pretty dexterous. Okay. Sounds good. I like this. Um, so then what do we do next? Let's see, we've got, oh, here are the examples, or here are the conditions that they're angry. Also, can, oh, sorry, I, Let was me, just, I was just gonna read these. Go quick. for it. Angry, frightened, guilty, hopeless, and insecure. Okay, We what? don't start with any of those. No, but... no, we don't. I just saw them on the thing, cause like it's your character sheet. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna point out the irony of me being like, let's make a cyberpunk world because we haven't, and then we just get a nature witch, and they're just a, literally like a fantasy character, but now they're plopped into a cyberpunk world. That's fine. It's whatever. I was just pointing out the irony because I want I don't want people tweeting at me being like, you guys said you were gonna do cyberpunk. I signed up for cyberpunk. I want to. He is in a man. cyberpunk world. And yeah. he, he maybe he falls in love with the robot man. We don't know. And I'm living in the cyberpunk girl. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. He's living in a cyberpunk girl. Not world. Girl. Figure that one out, Quinn. Sorry, I totally wasn't listening. What? You'll figure it out when you hear that. Anybody, Something about a cyberpunk world. You were singing Madonna. Yeah, yeah, but I messed up the lyric, and it was weird. Okay. And now you're going to have to hear that All later. Right. Okay, so now we get wild. We get this one skill, or we not move, move. Wild? I'll tell you what, what we get. Wild? No. And then we get to choose two more. It is called Wild Friends. You can speak with animals and plants and may influence them with strings just like other NPCs. Near your home or anywhere you have spent a long period of time, animal and plant friends are always nearby when you want them. Seems so useful in a cyberpunk world. There can be, like, robot squirrels. I don't know. Oh, good point, robot squirrels. I didn't think about this. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read... Or, like, a little cat with a little bionic ear. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That is cute. Um, The quick, like little thing i'm not going to read mechanically what happens with them but we have to choose two more awake in the wild when you're in a safe position and attempt to commune with a place or non-sentient creature you roll spirit um but you can try and commune with a place or non-sentient creature and see what happens um familiar you have a cute animal as your loyal familiar you can perceive the world through its senses whenever you choose and communicate with it at any distance and then you can give them a basic move that, like, when they help you with it, you get emotional support from them and you get um, a bonus to your roll. I ship it. When you want to make a match between two other people, um, you can do that and Probably not. Affect it doesn't the sound like bad. Yeah. The magic of love, when you're smitten with someone and proudly extol the power of love... Either of you may spend a string on the other to gain the use of one of their playbook moves for one scene. Again, doesn't sound like Tad. Seems cool. And nature's touch. When you touch someone and let the power of the natural world flow into them, you roll spirit, and then you can do something. I like that, and I like a f an animal friend. Okay, so you want a familiar? I for sure I want a familiar. That's You're a witch. In. That's locked and loaded. All right. So nature's touch and familiar. Yeah. All right. Um. That is all of this stuff on there. 
And then, like, the last thing you do is you introduce your character to the other players and, like, you want to reveal a little bit about the inner conflict so that they can kind of understand what your character's about and, like, what you're trying to explore with the character. But you want to leave enough that there's, like, things to be discovered as you guys play together. Um, okay, can I make a comment? Yeah. I've been thinking about our, la- our lightsaber. Uh-huh. I think it's a wooden sword, mm-hmm. and then Ted has, like, a spell mm-hmm. that he can mutter and just ignite the blade part mm-hmm. because he is a nature witch. Mm-hmm. And then, but then when he, like, turns it off, the wood seems to not have been burnt, you know okay. what I mean? Okay, I like it. That's what his laser lightsaber is. Beautiful. It's not very cyberpunk, but it's cool. And that's all yeah. that matters. And yeah. he's a nature watch, so why would he have a cyberpunk sword? But he can get one later, is mm-hmm. the thing. Yes, he can. So he can get a lightsaber later, but he hasn't started the adventure yet. Yeah. So he goes past the trees with the orange marking on them, mm-hmm. and he comes to a street, and he's like, oh, look at this large paved path, Percival. Percival's the familiar. Of course. And then Percival, Percival is a squirrel. Yeah, I agree. And not a robot squirrel, but we might see some of those later in the adventure. Tad might. So then mm-hmm. Percival hops down and, like, almost gets hit by, like, a bus or something. And then he's like, whoa, what large creature this was, Percival. And then he kind of, like, looks around and, like, people are just walking by him with, like, their, their faces down looking at their screens, mm-hmm. you know, how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, like, kind of is reeling for a second and maybe someone else from the party, like, grabs him and is like, hey, do you need help? And it's a hot guy. Mm. I like it. I like yeah, it. That's okay. all I know about Tad. Okay. For now. All right. And then, like, the last thing that the group you'll do together is there's a relationship worksheet that's one of the resources, and everyone figures out, like, how, like, what kind of history might the players or the, the characters have with each other? Um, but yeah. That's, yeah. Which that's one it. of them grabbed Tad? on the shoulder and was like hey do you need help bud yeah alright that's thirsty sword lesbians it seems fun yeah it does it seems pretty cool like you said it can be anything you want it could be fantasy sci-fi whatever yeah it's just up to the group yes and it's for consenting adults is what I would say yes consenting adults or I mean if you were all consenting teens I guess you could play that too I suppose. Consenting people. Yes. Okay. I don't want to see any consenting babies, though, because I just don't believe babies can have consent. And that's just me. And I know that it's not a popular opinion. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. You can find more information about our show at acoupleofcharacterspodcast.com. Have ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character? Or, as we said, have a game you'd like to recommend we try? Email us at a couple of characters pod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, five star reviews will help out our show. You can also tell your friends about us and spread the word. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search ACOC Podcast. If you go to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACAC podcast, any purchase that you make there will help out our show and a show. uh, Sorry, not another show. Just our show and a local bookstore of your choice. And if you want to pick up some audiobooks, you can use our LibraFM affiliate code to get a free audiobook when you purchase an audiobook subscription. Um, And every purchase using our links directly supports our show and independent bookstores. Do you like Pokemon? Do you like actual plays? Check out Quinn on Dungeons and Dragon Tips playing the character Willow. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at Alex and Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Not a Dr. Quinn. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling.
just come up here if you want pets. Don't just sit there and cry. Come here. You want him? Okay. You stinky boy, Tiberius. Yes. Yes, you are. What character did you bring us? <coughs> but wait, I haven't do that. heard of. <coughs> is that like a goblin or what is? What are we doing? Yeah, it's a gremlin. Oh, a gremlin. Oh, come here, my gremlin pretties. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, shut up. I'm gonna go kill her. I'll be right back. Shouldn't take long. This is what you get. If you were quiet, you wouldn't have got grabbed. She's gonna have to get held now. This is this is the punishment for her crimes. Yep. Now you're on my lap. She's squirming so much. She's she an no. angry girl. Queer coded. Oh, did you have something you wanted <coughs> to say? No, I just had to cough, so I was trying to stop you so I could do that, and now I have. So okay. Continue on with your nine playbooks. Uh. <laughs> what do I got? Cammy, you don't need to be licking that. It's loud. But I like to lick Cammy. plastic. Okay. Yeah, she says, I'm gonna, I'm fine, I'll go meow again. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know if she was like trying to have a hairball or something on the couch. Cammy, you will be killed for real this time. Come on. <laughs>